Coming to you from the foothills of Los Angeles, it's time for In My Voice with actress, voiceover artist, director, and coach, Kathy Grable. With over 20 years behind the mic, Kathy brings you a unique perspective of working VO actors whose voices you'll know, but their stories you probably don't. Now sit back and enjoy In My Voice. Today I have as my guest a prolific Hollywood professional who's been a working actor since age 15, Robert Clotworthy. You've seen him in movies like American Sniper and heard his voice in tons of video games and as the longtime announcer for Ancient Aliens and scores of other TV shows and commercials. He also has spot-on insights into the whole world of VO and on-camera acting. So... Listen in. Robert began working as a professional at the ripe old age of 15, doing on-camera work as an actor in commercials, TV shows, and even feature films. Since then, he's performed in nearly every aspect of the entertainment business, having been in over 100 commercials on-camera and hundreds more as a voice talent. In the world of ADR, which some people call looping, Robert's voice has been heard in almost 1,000 films and TV shows, including The Big Bang Theory, Young Sheldon, Homeland and American Sniper and my favorite was the voice of Charlie in the 2019 reboot of Charlie's Angels. Robert also does video games and is the voice of Jim Rayner in the hugely popular StarCraft video game series and in 2017 was presented with the prestigious Sova Award as best narrator for his voice work in the hit show Ancient Aliens. Welcome, Robert. I am so okay. thrilled you're here. Yeah. <laughs> quick, quick, quick correction. Uh, okay. On, on ADR, I was actually on camera in Young Sheldon, Big Bang Theory, uh, American Sniper. Yeah. So I, I was actually in the scene in a scene with with Bradley Cooper, directed by uh, Clint Eastwood, and it, it was the scene that they actually showed at the Academy Awards. So yeah, yeah. So I, I, oh. I, I kind of have my hand in all the little 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 places that I can. All the irons well, are in the I love fire. That. Yeah, I'm so glad you corrected me on that. And also, Robert, I love that because that's that's kind of my journey. Like uh -huh. you really are a working actor, very accomplished. Yeah. But when I got into voiceover, it was another way to make a living mm -hmm. in this business and, yeah. and possibly get my insurance. You know, sometimes, you know, <laughs> I don't think people realize, but we can be, if we're $50 away, we're $50 away. And actors, you don't have control over how much you're paid a lot of times because of residuals yeah. and, and different yeah. things that can happen. It's it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do such and such a profession and this is the salary rate. You know, the, yeah, if you have no, a series, no. it's like that. But but most of the time, we're just going from job to job and and sometimes you get That's a nice they call us in the mail. Day players. I mean, it, it goes from day yeah, to day. Yeah. 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 Day to day, which uh, it's. Yeah. So I love that, Robert, that you I really think of you as an actor. And, you know, that's the mm -hmm. way I know we've both taught classes. I think we both approach voiceover. I think mm -hmm. the best voiceover actors really it's another uh, medium for acting. That's what I would say. If you're coming from theater to film, you have to make adjustments for that medium. If you're coming from uh film, TV to voiceover. And even if you are a DJ coming into voiceover, um, other than that particular 
sound that they're looking for or persona that they're looking for, there's still adjustments to make for different areas of voiceover. So um, I love that that you have such a well-rounded uh, life as an actor. Yeah, I found that uh, over the years, the the best actors that I know, at least the most accomplished actors, the the, the people that can act the best, <laughs> are are really the VO people, because there's very little room for error there. If you're if you have a certain look, you can. You can, you, know, you can make money off of commercials if you have a certain look. You can be in TV. You can be in movies. You can do stuff. I, um, we all, we've all seen that. We've seen actors that are very successful in, in film and television, and they're not really great actors, but they're charismatic. They're interesting. Whatever that it is, people you know, want to watch them. In voiceover, all you've got is your ability to convey emotion and the truth through your voice. And uh, I've, when I've worked with certain actors, it blows my mind their, what their backgrounds are. I worked with a guy uh, a couple of years ago, speaking of ADR, and it was one of those jobs where we were just doing grunts and groans. I mean, it was it, yeah. to me, it was you know mindless, you know <laughs> ridiculous stuff of you know here's a guy on a motorcycle he gets <laughs> he gets shot make the sound of him falling on you know and hitting his head against the the yeah. asphalt and you go you know whatever, whatever it is and I'm talking yeah. to this fellow and it turns out and he's doing the same thing as me he's there they're just going you know grunts and groans turns out he was nominated for an Olivier Award. Which is the uh, English version of the of the Tony Award, and he was about to leave to go to New York to star in the Broadway uh, revival of Miss Saigon, and I'm thinking, okay, and this guy is was nominated for Olivier Olivier Award, and now he's going uh 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 uh. The reason I tell that story is because for actors that want to get into voiceover, that's the level of competition that's out there. I mean, you've got people that are graduates from the Yale School of Drama. You've got phenomenal actors that are doing voiceover. So it's really critical to have your acting chops really <laughs> uh, well uh, well oiled. You got to you got to really know what the, what the heck it is you're doing. I so agree with you, and I love that you brought that up because first of all, I was thinking. Uh, voiceover for me because I started out in the theater yeah. is the closest thing to theater because you don't have to just have a certain look or that kind of thing mm -hmm. and and so you have to rely on the acting and um, but the other thing is that I've met more people through voiceover in situations mm -hmm. like that where all of a sudden you're like oh you know you wouldn't get thrown into that situation as many times as you would in voiceover um, yeah. which I think people are kind of surprised. They're like, oh, you met them on this movie. No, I met them, you know, chewing a candy bar, you know, <laughs> in this commercial. <laughs> right, I'm right, right, sure. right. Did we do that one together? Yeah, we did do that one together. Uh, baby Ruth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, you're thinking favorite. of me. That's <laughs> <it was> right. <laughs> We knew each other before that. We just yeah. ended up both getting that. As you're telling that story, I was thinking of funny ADR things that we've done. And I was like, uh -huh. I think Robert was on that one. Yeah. Um, Robert and, and Cam Clark, I remember, was there were three yeah. of us. Yeah, yeah, that's and, right. That's and right. We were humming, humming, yeah. uh, take me out to the ball game <laughs> and chewing um, Babe Ruth and <laughs> Baby Ruth bars. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then at the very end, that you know, this is pretend 
chewing baby Ruth bars. But at the very end, after about an hour, they said, well, we're going to try one more thing. We've got, you know, coverage and everything, but we're going to give you real baby Ruth bars. And I remember, <laughs> and I love baby Ruth bars, but they glob your throat up. I just oh, remember of like, oh, now we're humming and mm-ing. And have caramel and chocolate in our throats, you know? Yeah, j- just so the, the people that are trying to get into voiceover, uh, one rule is don't eat a baby Ruth before you have a session. That's a big yeah. mistake. It's like, why don't you have some or potato you know, chips with thing, that? The other thing I did the other day, which I actually was recording a podcast and I I had a, a Diet Coke or Diet, no, it uh-huh. was Diet Dr. Pepper because uh-huh. <laughs> I will admit I drove through McDonald's to get my dollar Diet Dr. Pepper. And it was just one of those, it sounded really good. I knew it was bad for yeah, me. Yeah. And then I did it and I was like clearing my throat the whole, you know, trying not yeah, to yeah. do it on, on the mic, which is a big no, no. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, uh, note to self, you don't drink, you know, <laughs> sodas before you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, like, it's, it's basically water, tea. It's it's you know things that are that are good for your throat. You need to stay hydrated. Right, right. <laughs> Although the famous uh, Ella Fitzgerald used to eat a half a gallon of ice cream before every concert. Really? And she, I mean, so find what works for you. I say. Well, imagine because... what she would have sound sounded like if she hadn't had that ice cream. <laughs> Because I, I, I was like, wow, she was something. She was yeah, such a talent. Yeah. And I heard that. I'm like, and how did she get through it without, you know, yeah, we always yeah. hear no dairy. But anyway. All right. So I want you to tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what your childhood was like. Okay. Well, I uh, I grew up in, in Los Angeles, actually, the, the West San Fernando Valley. And I like to joke because in Los Angeles, it seems that everybody that's in the business, and the business meaning you know entertainment, is from somewhere else. It's and, so true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, I know you're not from LA. I mean, think of how many people you actually meet that are from Los Angeles, born and raised. It's very rare, and I, and I, my joke is that we're kind of like Bigfoot, that you hear stories that we exist, <laughs> but you never really see one. And there's a maybe a grainy film of might might that be one of them walking around. <laughs> or that we're kind of like giant pandas in the wild, that when we encounter one another, we immediately have to mate because we're not going to encounter another one for who knows when. It's really, <laughs> and it's also very weird sometimes when a, uh, you know, I'll find myself in a room, uh, like this happened not too long ago, a couple of months ago. You know, I go to this recording studio where I do these these shows, and I see these guys all the time, right? And there were like three of us were all, and I knew one guy grew up in. In, uh, in Beverly Hills. And then we found out the producer, he's also from LA. And we looked at each other thinking, this is really weird. We're all from here. That's, yeah. that's an anomaly. Yeah. And, uh, but, but, it was, but it was fun. And there's something, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily know this, but people from Los Angeles that grew up here would know this. There's, some, there's something unique about the people that grew up here so this is not a dig. Maybe it is a little bit of a dig, but L.A. gets a bad rap. But usually the people who are giving the bad rap are not the people from Los Angeles. It's the yeah. transplants. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're all we're all pretty generally pretty chill, pretty, pretty relaxed, pretty, uh, pretty mellow. I mean, just think that the, I think the biggest transition for when people come to L.A. from other other uh, cities, especially from New York, for example, is having to drive. And right. I grew up driving. The 405 yeah. is like normal for me. 
So I'm not thrown right. necessarily when I'm in traffic because I've always been in traffic. You know, maybe it's like being in right. a, in a in, you know, in a, in a prison <laughs> for your entire life. You don't know that there's an outside world where people can actually drive uh, at, at the speed limit. <laughs> but, um, but you know, so so I grew up here. Uh, I started acting professionally when I was, goodness, 15 years old. Uh, I was still in high school. My father was a producer of television commercials, uh, pardon me, uh, television and radio commercials with an advertising agency out here called BBDNO. And oh, yeah. by the way, not, not very many people know what BBDNO stands for. <clears throat> I do. It's Batten, Barton, Durston, and Osborne. Yeah. And I actually met <laughs> Mr. Osborne once when I was a little kid because he was, he was in the office. Uh, <laughs> not that that means anything, but <laughs> you know, I met him. And I used to go with my dad to recording studios when he would have sessions every once in a while. And imagine being six or seven years old. And going into the recording studio, and who's there is like Dawes Butler, June Ferrer, wow. Gary Owens, uh, um, uh, you know the the best of the, of the, Jerry Stiller and Mira, uh, uh, the best of the best were there, and I got to watch these people do their thing, and they all were having so much fun. There was so much energy and joy that was associated with it. That I got, I got the bug when I was a little yeah, kid. I just, yeah. I, my, one of the things I used to do as a kid to have fun was I would read out loud. I mean, some kids may be doing something else, but I'd like to read out loud. I like to challenge myself to see if I could read a story that I'd never read before, not know where it's going, whether there's an exclamation point at the end of a sentence or a, or a question mark. And so you have one eye going here, another eye is going there. And you're trying to make sense of it. And so I, I got this skill just because I enjoyed doing it. And, you know, eventually uh, when I turned 15 years old, I, I pestered my father enough that he finally relented and, and introduced me to a couple of casting directors that he knew. They then introduced me to a talent agent by the name of Don Schwartz. He was a, he was a terrific agent and he had a, a workshop which was on Melrose Avenue. Uh, in in Los Angeles, and I remember I went there on a Saturday, and it was all these kids, you know, everywhere from the age of seven or eight to you know seventeen years old, and they were doing improvisation, they were you know, doing scene study, they had a dance class, I mean, whatever that was, all kinds of crazy stuff, and I remember doing an improvisation with just a group of these kids, and you know, for me it was just it was just playtime, and you know, I, I wasn't self-conscious in any way. I wasn't really too shy and just was having fun. And he took me aside and said he'd really be interested in, in handling me. But I said, well, you have to talk to my dad. And uh, so we signed with him. And actually, the first audition I went on, I booked. The third audition I, I went on, I booked. The fifth, I was, I mean, I was off to the races right away. And um, that's when I started doing a, a lot of commercials and a lot of those early television shows like the you mm -hmm. know Rockford Files and the Waltons and uh, um, uh, Emergency, uh, Police Woman, Police Story. I mean, all those shows that were happening at Universal, I was plugged into all these things and and wow. it was just off to the races. Yeah, that's, then, that's so cool. A, a couple of things as, as you're 
talking when you say those of us are from Los Angeles, I distinctly remember that because um, say, I don't know if it was a job or we were hanging out, you know, waiting for an audition, but uh. it, it was one of those, you know, where are you from? Where are you from? And, and then I, I remember asking you and you go, the Valley. And <laughs> it was just like, it's like, how like could, that's impossible. Oh. Wow. Okay. You know, if you could have said you were from Timbuktu and we go, Oh, neat. Yeah, What's yeah, it yeah. like there, you know? And, um, but yeah, so it's so true. Yeah, and people, having go, been you, here, you're from here. Yeah. I mean, you actually grew up here. Grew yeah. up like your parents didn't move here for you to get yeah. in the business. You, yeah. And yeah. I go, what was it like? I hear there right. were orange fields. Yeah. <laughs> go, yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it that's, was interesting. That's so true. And, you know, I've been out here long enough now, the the longest place I ever grew that I've li lived. I've been out here yeah. as long as I've lived any place, I should say. Yeah. And I grew up in the same place. Yeah. So I feel like this, I can see changes now. And I can yeah. see what you're saying with, yeah. Yeah. oh, the people that come out here and everything. <laughs> yeah, very much, very much. Um, the other thing is, I, I just think this is so fascinating and it. I can relate to reading out loud and mm -hmm. doing, you know, I had a, or still have a little sister and uh, this will date me a bit, but we got a tape recorder and, and the uh -huh. things, I mean, it's, it's probably good. Some of those aren't around. We would make up songs. We would, you know, we would tell stories. We do, whereas uh -huh. other people were doing that with, you know, film cameras and I, yeah. we didn't have one accessible, yeah. but we did that with audio just yeah, I, brother... I, I did the same th I, I did the same thing I had a friend of mine who lived down the street and he had a four track tape recorder four tracks not wow. just two reel to reel yeah. four of them yeah and we would go and we would write little little scenes little sketches we would listen to like I love listening to Firesign theater late at night on oh, the radio I love so I love that. the little yeah. so I, I was enamored with with storytelling and we would even, like on Halloween, we would put together, we'd take his house, I don't know why his parents agreed to this, and turn it into kind of a haunted <laughs> mansion with, where people oh, could yeah. walk through the rooms. And we would record different little scenes and sound effects and, you know, funny laughter, whatever the heck it is, in all these different rooms. So I, I, th I think if you, um, if you really want to learn something and be good at something, the first thing you need to do is you need to get a love for it. Uh, and I got a love for that when it w when there was no pressure. I didn't right, have to. I, there was right. nobody telling me this is right, this is wrong. Nobody correcting me. I was just allowed to play, to do whatever the heck right. I wanted to do, to explore, and that gave me a great foundation. To uh, so when it did get difficult, when you do have to kind of you know start to learn stuff to kind of hone your craft, the times that are difficult, that love sustain sustained me through that. And also, oh, it allowed yeah. me to continually have fun. I mean, I know that I know a right. lot. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've encountered this with students in class, but one thing that really amazed me was their inability to play. Yeah, they, they, they're used yes. to being entertained, or they're you know the right. play is organized. It's like okay, I got to go to soccer yeah. practice. I got to go to band practice, whatever the heck it is, everything's organized as opposed yes. to just a group of people getting together, figuring out the rules for themselves and having a good time. And for me, Absolutely. I'm having, you know, I started at 15 years old. Believe me, it was a 
ton of fun. I mean, imagine that you're in high school and you're making money and yeah. doing this stuff. And and now at the age that I'm doing, at the age I'm now, I'm having, actually having more fun now than I did then. And I had a great time then. Right. No, I, I so agree with you because... And, and I think you've really put that well because, and, and that's one of the things I love about these podcasts is, is some of that discovery. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of the people that I've asked to be on, I'm like, I just love our conversations mm-hmm. because it's like, and it, it's just like um, a fun recording session as far as like one person gives an idea. It's like playing catch and you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Um, that makes a lot of sense, you know, and, and there's in, I always feel like we've had those kind of conversations as well, but I think that's so true because I think of, I'd never really put this into words before, but when you said had fun with it and self-discovery is my sister and I <laughs> would make silly noises. I mean, you think, Hey, that's ADR in a way, you know, mm-hmm. and then we get the giggles and, and, you know, you talk about the Halloween. I do that too with my youth group and everything. Oh, cause Halloween was a place and Halloween was much more innocent than I must say too, but you go, Oh, you know, you could make, you could make the monster sound like this. Mm-hmm. And Oh, what's an evil laugh sound like, you know, there weren't a lot of places you could do audio, but you could mm-hmm. always do that because, mm-hmm. you know, it just set itself up for that. But it was even more than speaking, it was sounds and it Mm -hmm. was the world of audio and um, where everything's really scheduled now. I think that's true because I've seen, we both taught for a very long time Mm -hmm. and coached and directed as well as we're out there doing it is that it became much more like, okay, uh, if I was a surgeon, what classes and stuff would I take? So I'm gonna be a voiceover actor. What do I need to do? Okay. How many minutes? What do I do? And mm-hmm. and there wasn't the fun and self-discovery. And even when I got into voiceover, you know, uh, I, I was asked to do a one-woman show. And then my husband's a writer. You've met Greg. And so he was helping me put it together. And and he said, well, when was your first voiceover job? And I'm like, oh, gosh. You know, I always think I really got into this. Well, I did a demo in Dallas. That's where I got my union card. Mm-hmm. Moved out here. I said, actually, I did one. My first professional job, I uh, was the stock ingenue to, you know, was doing musical theater and uh-huh. and and plays. And I went to an ad agency. He was mm-hmm. laughing so hard. I went to an ad agency, made an appointment, said, I'm an actress here in town. And, and there was a legitimacy. They knew the place. Yeah. It was the yeah. place in town. It was a regional mm-hmm. theater. And uh, so if you need commercials... You know, anything you said, have you done voiceover? And I, I was like, you know, sure, you know. Yeah, for, <laughs> and I'm I get a call now. like the next day because I figure, <laughs> I don't think I even knew what that really was. But yeah. I was like, I got four Pepsi spots. He called me and I went in and did. So I'm like, you know, that thing of doing it and just going, you know, it's, it's all the same animal acting, you know. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of the things like when you say you were in an ADR session with with that gentleman <laughs> yeah. who is very accomplished. One thing I found about voiceover and one reason I've met so many interesting people is we say yes. And sometimes, honestly, guys, we don't get paid that much. I mean, sometimes we do because we know that that spot, it's something's better than nothing because we're going to day, day to day, but that spot could become a campaign could, you know, 
but you, our you session never know that day. Yeah, you never yeah. know how it's going to turn out. I mean, I have a good friend of mine uh, who was at a session. This was 20 years ago, and he was walking out. And he happened to see a, a producer that he worked in the in the past, and he said, "Hey, how are you doing?" And they said, "Oh, hey, listen, can you come in here for a minute?" He says, "Yeah, sure." He goes, "Listen, we're we're doing a uh, an agency pitch. Uh, can can you lay down a, 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 a track for it? It's just it's just a couple of words, just so we can pitch it." And he said, "Yeah, sure." What he said was, "You are now free to move about the country." It turned out to be the tagline wow. on yeah. Southwest Airlines. They put it in hundreds and hundreds of spots. He never even had to go back and record it a second time. Right. And he made so much friggin' money, he was able to move to Belgium and take cooking classes. So, yeah. so you're right. You yeah. never know. It's important to say yes. And you're talking to a guy who has said no to some really stupid things. I, I mean, I was offered, I think, three or four times to be on Seinfeld. I, ca I was cast. Wow. And I said, well, the first time was like, well, they're, they're not paying me enough money. You know, I was like, yeah. what? Okay. <laughs> Next time was- It was that was, point in your career, right, Rob? <laughs> yeah. And then I look back and I'm thinking, what an idiot. They're, you know, oftentimes people will give you advice and say, well, you need to hold out. There's a better part coming, blah, blah, whatever the heck it is. But I have found that if I walk through the door that's open, it never fails me. Right. And that means that a lot of actors, they have blinders on. They, they say, I want to be the movie star. I want to mm -hmm. be a movie star, let's say, for example. And they're knocking on the movie star door. Well, nobody's interested in them as a movie star. But maybe the supporting player star, uh, the supporting player door is wide open. They're going, can you come in here? Please? Mm -hmm. We want you. And mm -hmm. they're going, no, 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 I want this. As opposed to, yeah. oh, okay, okay. So when you say yes, it's amazing how things work out. Uh, and, but you have to, yeah. you have to trust, you have to, you have to go, okay, this yeah. is a little bit scary. It's not really what I was anticipating, but sure. Like with you, with voiceover, they said, can you do voiceover? I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> and then they go, come on yeah. in. All right. You do it. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's four Pepsi spots. You're thinking, wow, what, what, what just happened? <laughs> you right, know, if you hadn't right. said yes, you wouldn't have had the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And work begets work. And one of the yes. things I think people don't always realize about entertainment is the strong work ethic. The people that work, oh. there's a very strong work ethic, persistence, and patience, too, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, we're all yeah. people. We have our, you know, our you know, our own personalities and things like that. But there is a sense of that. And I think it does come from a passion and enjoying it. Yeah. Um you know, where, I mean, I just on Monday, I, uh, I had taken a little break just doing other projects, to be honest with you, a couple of weeks where I wasn't recording podcasts, I was recording audio dramas and, and a short film and some other things because things are starting to open up a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. It's so funny too, because things are starting to open up and you do something. I had a friend that way too. She goes, well, you know, I, I've done a couple of jobs and I'm like, that's a lot. You know, no. <laughs> we've just been shut down for a year and two months, yeah, you know, yeah. and I find I do the same thing. Well, God, what, what have I been doing lately? And you're like, oh my gosh, I've done a lot in the last week. But, but anyway, so Monday I'm feeling, uh, you know, cause we're hearing a lot. We're open. We're not open. There's this transition time. Do I make plans? Do I not make plans for a few things? And cause we have mm -hmm. lives, right? And, uh, what you have a life. Yeah. What? Yeah. Since yeah. when? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. And uh, so so um, it's important to have a life, by the way. Yeah. Um, but I go do 
of podcasts and I come back so rejuvenated, you know, and, and it's, it's one of those things that there's something about that as well, because you never know when the opportunity is going to hit. So I say this in almost every episode. And if I'm teaching class or coaching, I was like, I'm a big believer in the doing of it. I mean, Mm -hmm. you just need to be doing and for voiceover, honestly, if you were a football player, you wouldn't quit lifting weights, you know, and then go out there. If you were a runner, you wouldn't quit running and then run a marathon is we read cold and it's fast. And you want to be so comfortable with it that you can tie in the acting elements into it instead of just sounding like you're reading. So I think the doing of it, and, and even if you're on, I mean, so many of my friends have said voiceover has helped their on-camera career as well, because, you know, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, one thing you'll love is I have a friend and this year she's for some reason, and, you know, we all always hear it's so youth oriented, not that we are getting older, Robert, but so youth oriented, fine wine, fine wine. And she's been, she's been, um, all year she's been like, Kathy, you, and there are times guys where you're kind of in and out of an age because you're just, you know, we're living right And so she's like, Kathy, you are going to work all the time. I'm not kidding. Like you are really, I I've been showing your resume picture around everybody. And she goes, and everybody's so excited that you do voiceover. And, and it's so interesting in a career that there's times in my career, nobody knew what voiceover was. It's like, you know, and they go, can you do voiceover? And you go, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and you kind of knew what it was, but now voiceover is much more prevalent uh, in, in people's minds that it's an actual career and, and that sort of thing. So I, I found that really interesting that on camera people are getting excited about, because we all know we have lots of friends who were primarily doing voiceover that did on camera and then got a series or something. And then it gets out, well, you know, they did voiceover or whatever, but mm-hmm. we've been doing all of it all along, you know? So yeah. it's kind of interesting. So yeah, anyway, uh, okay. Okay. No, go ahead, Robert. Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna say because you're you're talking about uh, about voiceover, and one of the things that I a it's kind of interesting because I've done on camera, obviously, uh, and you you know I've been to auditions where I see tons of on camera actors there between commercials, and on camera, you know, when somebody asks you what you do and you say you're an actor. They're like, oh, okay, right. You know, because everybody's yeah. an actor. The, everybody's doing something. Yeah, Everybody right. is an actor. But if you were to tell them, well, I do voiceover, suddenly that has more weight to it. <laughs> they're like, oh, really? Wow. They're, they're, right. That they're intrigued right. by. Um, and I, I, one of the things I like to do is I'm one of those people, I like to constantly learn new stuff. I'm constantly searching. I'm always looking for the why, I, trying yeah. to trying yeah. to explore what's going on. And I take classes from, from different people be, that I respect. And I had a class a couple of weeks ago from a, from, from a woman who is really, really sharp when it comes to marketing and what's happening out there in the world and, and what's, what the future is going to be. And one of the slight little changes or adjustments that she said in our psychology as voice over actors, what we need to do and is consider yourself an influencer because 
with the with the people that are are, are making the decisions now, it's it's basically we're moving from into into Generation Z. And when you go on the social media, go on the internet, everybody is looking for a, a uh, an influencer. That, that's that's what everybody wants to be, and yeah. it's 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 because it's interesting. And and when you think about some of the things in commercials, you see commercials where it'll be this nonsensical thing where people dancing around, people doing juggling, whatever that is, and it's it's a it's a commercial for insurance, but it has nothing to do with insurance. At the end, it'll say X Y Z Insurance Company. What is happening is that psychologically, people want to be entertained. So if you entertain them, then they're willing to listen to the information at the end. So think of yourself, instead of just a voiceover person, you're trying to influence somebody. So when you when you go to your read, instead of just going by Geico, try to make that little adjustment in your mind that I'm trying to influence them, that this is a great product to get. And I'm coming from a, a place of experience and knowledge. And it's it, I know it's, it sounds like a, a slight little adjustment, on it, but I know from where, by the way that you're shaking your head, you're going, you know that you're right. If I just have that little slight little in, adjustment of intention, it'll make it maybe it, it has has a little bit more impact. I think so too. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Because also I find I don't know if if you found this, but one social media for a lot of actors mm-hmm. and uh, that sort of thing has been kind of difficult, and and it has been for me in the fact that you know we're. it's kind of like the rest of the world is so excited they get to do that. And for us, we're kind of like a little bit like, well, that's not us. You know, we've, we've been able as much as people think we're out there having some private life too. Mm -hmm. And, and it's kind of interesting, like this push pull and how much do we need to do it? And how much do we want to say, and, you know, different reps are saying different things, but if, if we're not afraid of it too, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we're we're like, oh, because I know you and I would both talk to students about because we've worked together about attitude choices and points of view. Mm-hmm. And in some ways it's similar, mm-hmm. but it has just a little bit different twist on it or right. approach to it. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I really like that. I think that's that's great. And for, for me, it's also something that's very, very actable because it's giving you right. a, a little added intention. It's like, oh, okay. How would you approach this if added. I really needed to kind of, you know, if I was, a, you know, she also would say, think of yourself as a voiceover star. Uh, in other words, you're not somebody who's trying to yeah. break into voiceover. You are unique. You're, you're Kathy. Nobody's like you. And when you show right. up, they want Kathy there. If, if they hire Morgan Freeman, they're not going to want Morgan Freeman to do leave Schreiber. They'll hire leave Schreiber right. for that. They want right. Morgan Freeman to be him 100%. And uh, right. so if you come from that, like, well, you know, you and I both know, come from that truthful place and then add a little bit of a, you know, that little bit of, of secret sauce to it, it elevates what it is that you're doing. Uh, and all of a sudden you're you're interesting. Why, why are you interesting? Well, they can't really define it, but they know that you're interesting, <laughs> you know? Right. And also, you know, we would talk about a celebrity read sometimes, or I've, I've said there's, there is a direction called a celebrity read. Mm -hmm. So you, you say the bottom line is it's not being difficult. A celebrity read is if George Clooney comes in, he knows they want George Clooney. There's a Mm -hmm. confidence in it. It it, it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean there's an arrogance in it. 
that it means, mm -hmm. okay, I'm supposed to be here. I'm an invited guest that's supposed to be here. And mm -hmm. I know they want my take on things. And it's really interesting when you said that if you say you're an actor or a voiceover actor, because I do remember that very early on. I mean, gosh, months, yeah. probably six months into being in L.A. And, yes, I lived on Beechwood Canyon, which I know a lot of people did when they first moved here, which, Very by the nice. way, is, is the uh, road up to the Hollywood sign. And someone I'd been rep, we'd both been rep by the same agent in Dallas, and we'd worked together a lot, and she needed a roommate. So I moved in, and uh, I'm invited to some party, you know, in yeah. the Hollywood Hills. And, yeah. you know, it's like you're I don't remember whose house it was, but someone goes, you know, this was so-and-so's, I don't know, Errol Flynn's house or who who yeah. it was. You know, it was like this Hollywood party and it's packed with people and, and just honestly, people talking and visiting and yeah. eating and, you know, drinking and everything. And uh, so everybody's like, what's your name? What do you do? And I, you know, I said, oh, I'm Kathy Grable and I'm an actor and. Oh, you're an actor. And I said, but I do, yeah. I do a lot of voiceover work. Cause I, I was right away. I yeah. just, I had my demo and I came yeah. in and I got a lot, people here. It's very hard, but I did get yeah. called in and was booking same thing. I was just, yeah. just started working right away. And it would be like, Oh, you're a voiceover actor because it's almost like a special skill. It's like, not everybody yeah. does it. And honestly, you had, there are some things when you say the do, you know, we've done this since we were kids and played around with it. I'm terrible at math, but when somebody says shave a second <laughs> off, Greg always says, "I just amazes me. You do it. You just." I go, yeah, oh, I, 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 "I do it." I have that. I have that skill. I have that skill as well. It's bizarre. They'll say, "Can you take one point yeah. two seconds off?" And you nail it. Yeah. In, in a thirty or a yeah. sixty. I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so know, but so it's there. It, you know so there's all these things from having done something for for so long, and I personally I had a lot of music training, so I think there's a little bit of mm -hmm. that barometer in me but mm -hmm. but anyway so um this guy said he goes what kind of voiceover work and i remember i was just you know fresh out of college basically and yeah. and i'm like well you know i've done a little of everything i've done oh gosh i've done lots of commercials i've done you know a bit of animation and uh i've even done a couple of books on tape i've done some industrials and yeah he goes, but I bet they hired Kathy Grable for every single one of those jobs. And it's much before branding mm -hmm. or any of mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. was even mm -hmm. talked about. Yeah. And I remember thinking, yeah. And that's, I think that's the best definition of signature I've ever yeah. gotten was this yeah. guy talking to this kid, basically going, yeah. oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've done all these different things. Um and it just, I think, uh, I just did a podcast with an animator and he was saying, you know, even in those legacy characters where mm. you're replacing someone, a beloved character, mm. there's still an essence that an actor can give. Even if you're doing a sound alike, mm -hmm. a point of view, a new way of looking mm -hmm. at something mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is exciting when you're in a creative yeah. field. And yeah. uh, so I think we're so told to be someone else and the way they talk to actors, but then at the same time, you, you still, that influencer thing, I think that's a great way of putting it. They still want Robert. They still want Kathy, you know? Yeah. And if they, they don't. Want your, and they want pay, your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and they want your next, opinion. Next yeah. one. And the other thing I think people don't realize, I did 
uh, podcast with Stephen Tobolowsky, and he was saying that <laughs> he got this great job that he didn't get. He wasn't even called back, and someone dropped out, and they called him. So, you yeah. know, it's like someone said to me, actually during COVID, it was casting director, he goes, you know, you guys don't ever feel like it's for naught if you're getting auditions, because you're going in a file. You know, yeah. I may have, you might not be right for this, but but if you're good, you might not know it for years, but you're going in a file of people that we someday may want to use or we'll call you back in. Yeah. And so our job in many ways is auditioning, although it's nice to get paid too. It's, it is. So. You're, you know, you're, you're plant, I call it planting seeds. You know, you, yeah. And also when you do audition for, for something, audition with the intention of really wanting to get the job. Because I know a lot of actors yes. purposely kind of self-sabotage because they want to, because they can't handle the, the aspect of, of failure <laughs> or the reality of failure. So they, they'd rather, you know, uh, fire themselves and have somebody else not hire them. Um, right, so whenever you right. audition for something, give it your all. And it's, I know it's risky. It's, it's scary because you're, you're opening yourself up. But that's the only way that you're going to succeed is by exposing who it is you are, by giving them Kathy Grable. You don't want, yeah. they don't want somebody I, else. They want you. So who are you? You got to understand who you are and share that, warts and all. Right, such a good, such a good note. Um, and I think we, in a long career, sometimes we get into ruts ourselves with that. Mm -hmm. You know, where we've been been more open. There's something about when you first start out and you said you were on fire and you were booking. And I think uh, someone said once, you know, there's that beginner, wonderful phase where you're having fun and you're working, and then you have to figure out what you were doing right, you know? <laughs> yeah. you well, I, that, I remember that, 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 that one agent that I was talking about before, there was a period where I wasn't booking so much, and he said to me, you're not having any fun. And I thought uh, about yeah. I, mean, you know, I was 18, 19 at the time, and I realized, yeah, maybe I'm taking it all t a little too seriously. You know, I know, right. I, you know, I know so many actors that they think that they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders, that, uh, you know, True, it to be good at something, you have to put effort and work. But if it's really, really hard, challenging, torture for you, yeah, maybe you're in the wrong business. I mean, if you go to, you know, to have gallbladder surgery, do you want to go to the doctor that says, "Oh, oh, God, this is really hard. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I got to take that scalp. I got to cut in this blood." You want the you want the person, the doctor that says, "Oh man, I do this all day long. I love." doing this. It's so much freaking fun. I put on music. I do it. It's, uh, it's, you're going to love what, what it looks like that when I stitch. You want that person. Yeah. Now, they have to put yeah. in the work to yeah. get to that point. But, but it's got to be somewhat easy for, for you. When you're an actor, I mean, when you're at a session, sometimes it's challenging. Yeah, they want you to cut off, you know, one second here, two seconds there, whatever the heck it is. Or maybe the word is hard to pronounce. Or it's, but, so there's a, a technical side. But at the same time, I don't think very often when you're at a session, you're thinking, oh, this is so hard. Oh, this is so hard. No. No, you're thinking, this is freaking fun. Wow. Yeah. And also Accurate. one thing I do, I if, say, if, I, if, well, if I'm uncomfortable at a session or uncomfortable someplace, whatever it might be, I acknowledge what it is that I'm comfortable. I remember going to a, a theatrical yes. when I was younger and there were, there must have been, it was a, I think it was a, a, a final audition for a, for a to be on a series. It was like the network audition. There must have been 40 people in this room. 
And you walk in and you look at all these 40 people and you go, I just said, wow, there's a lot of people here. And they kind of laughed and giggled about it, yeah. let the pressure off. And it's like, okay, am I going to like panic that there's all these people? I could have. I could have just went, oh, my God, look at all these right. people. Uh, but, right. You know, acknowledge it. Let it out there. Uh, this, And I love what Brian Cranston said once. He, he started booking more when he looked at the audition, not so much as an audition, but as an opportunity to perform. It's like right. Right. an equity waiver show. You have six people in the audience, whoever is there in, in the room, uh, you know, and, and you get to do your scene. So I'm going to I'm going to perform. Right. Right. And they, they hire me, they hire me, they don't, they don't. But instead of the pressure of I really need to get this gig because they can smell that. The, and right. the microphone especially is a oh, great yeah. BS detector. If you if you're having issues in your personal life and you come in to do an audition, it's going to be tough to kind of just let that go because it's 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 too sensitive to the truth. I know. One of the, the things I I have uh, mentioned as an example of that is if you call someone and, and this happened to all of us, did I wake you up? No, 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 no. No, I, I, I was fine. <laughs> or same thing, you know, you call, are you okay? Oh, fine, fine. Like you just had a fight or something. The yeah. voice speaks the yeah. truth. I mean, it really, oh, yeah. really does. And, oh, yeah. you know, I remember thinking, well, I need to get my sleep for on camera, you know, for years. And, and I have to say, I had one of those voices for years and I done all the, I did national tours where I'd sing and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you could barely talk. Somehow I could always yeah. get it out. I could just, yeah. you know, one of those things. So you can get, but then I, I was like, at certain point when I was working like crazy, I'm, I mean, not, we always want to work more, but you know, I was on a roll and I'm like, yeah. no, I need to get my sleep for my voiceover because mm-hmm. you can. And in fact, I did get one job. I always say, bring the truth. And I had two kids, um, 18 months apart. Mm-hmm. My mother-in-law had passed away. It mm-hmm. was, we'd been audited by the IRS. I mean, it was just that week was, <laughs> it was just horrible. I'd had absolutely yeah. no sleep. And really emotionally, you know, real life happens to all of us, right? Of course, I get a ton of auditions. And I am not kidding you. I booked a job. I went in. It was for Coke. So usually Mm -hmm. I'm like Miss Warm and Friendly. And I got the job. And I remember walking out. Because, you know, sometimes you just kind of feel like you got it. Mm -hmm. It was one of those times where I was wrong about that. Because I walked out and I thought, man, I I sounded tired. I sounded really yeah. tired. And yeah. so I get the job and they said, you know, that what we felt was like, you were like a mom that, you know, drank Coke and you were just so real and you probably weren't getting as much sleep as you used to. And I mean, it was like everything <laughs> I was going through. I booked a job for the yeah. IRS yeah. and um, I booked a job as a heart doctor. I mean, uh-huh. all three really yeah. tough things I was going through, I booked three jobs. Yeah, you didn't and have time to get anxious it, about the audition. You just had to be. But but also, I just had to be. And if I hadn't been yeah. truthfully how I was, yeah. I wouldn't have gotten yeah. any of those jobs. Yeah, of course. Because who would have thunk it, right? Yeah. Who would have yeah. thunk that they yeah. wanted some a little more... So, I mean, it just goes to show sometimes we, we're trying to put on so much with voiceover. I think put on this, it can be slick very easily. Yeah, I have, I have a friend who says the uh, uh, casting director said the, the script already has the job. Okay? You don't have to worry mm. about auditioning the script. They're looking for the person. 
They're looking for you. Right. And you came in there and you were you were real. And they yeah. thought, you know, yeah. we believe her. Whatever it is she's going through, we right. believe her. And and the audience will fill in the blanks. Uh, you know, I, I had an right. acting coach that said, you know, just the intention of trying to, you know, let's say, you know, you're, you're trying to remember, uh, you know, for sense memory, what, what your baby blanket was like, you know, as you know, some actors right. do while you're, this, while you're doing a scene. Well, the audience is not going to know that, that you're or that you're dealing with the IRS, that you're dealing with this. You, you didn't right. sleep. You know, you're tired. They're not going to know that. But they're they're going to they're going to fill in the blanks. They're going to hear what it is you're, do, you're doing. They're going to go, oh, she's she's a, she's a mom that's that's, that's struggling. I can I can feel the mm-hmm. struggle, like I, I, the angst, you know, or all this. They're filling in all the blanks that you're not necessarily right. giving them. It's not resonating for you, but just the the fact that you're trying to get there is enough because they know that there's a real person trying to communicate at that point. Right, and, it's, and so it's that, and that's, that's why. That's why oftentimes, if you know, when you if you if you want to book a job, I'm, I'm sure as an actor, if they, you hear if you, if you plan a vacation, guaranteed you're going to get a gig. Oh, because you're going to be thinking about packing your bag, getting on the plane, and that's what you're going to be thinking about when you're at the audition. So you're not worried about it. It doesn't have as much pressure. Kind of in, in a way, you're thinking, God, I hope I don't get this because this is really going to mess up my my vacation. Right. <laughs> right. right. Do you know, I had, uh, you actually know her too, but I, I had a friend who was an agent that said it happened so often that they took statistically, like if someone said they were going to go out of town, because yeah. it that is the thing we always say, yeah. oh, we're going to go on vacation. You try, you try, you try, you've done 40 auditions, you don't get anything. Going to go on vacation, you get it. I've gotten an audition on the way to the airport <laughs> while I was, one of my favorite was, uh, this was a job, but they, it was before Christmas. And uh, they they'd said they'd made the changes, and they said we want to get it done because actually the the guy editing this they're closing for two weeks because yeah. by the way that is kind of the magic the one week we all know is between Christmas and New Year's that's probably the one week everything yeah. kind of shuts down for the yeah, most that's part. That's true. So it was a long weekend. Christmas was on Saturday or Sunday, and so yeah. we were going to go to Texas visit my husband's family. Friday through Monday. Thought, uh-huh. you know, Monday's going into that golden week anyway. Yeah. I've yeah. already done the job, right? And I thought I should travel with a mic. But I'll do that <laughs> next time. It's it's Christmas, yeah. right? So yeah. we're driving and I get they want to do one pickup line. And I actually did uh-huh. say, Can I do it on my iPhone? No. So as on the way to the airport, I don't know what we do now. You know, I'm calling, I'm calling studios in Austin. No one was picking up yeah. their phone. I'm like, I'll go in the yeah. hole. I just, you know, I got to record yeah. this as soon as we land. And uh, I go, there's a Best Buy. And we literally, <laughs> no, or fries. I can't remember. We went off the exit. I ran in, got a mic, ran, <laughs> ran out, and we went on the plane. But you know, that, that was the closest call yeah. of something. And then yeah. when we got there, I went in the closet and, you yeah. know. Oh. Had that's good sound, by the way. And, but but anyway, this uh, agent friend of mine said they took, you know, they just like for I don't know six months or something or a year. Okay, what is the statistical probability of an actor booking a job, going on a, a vacation? And she said, it it's very high. <laughs> she said it's true. It's not like you guys just feel that way. 
it, yeah. it happens. Like we talk about it, how much it happens. All right. Well, you have been very generous. It's been so much fun. I have a couple of questions for you that sure. are fun, I think. But what's what's the best, I will say acting. It could be voiceover. It can be acting. Best job you ever had and the worst job you ever had. And oh, worst could God. be just bizarro. You know, maybe it ended up being a good story. I don't know. Okay, let me see. Um, well, I'm, I'm one of those people. The, the best job that I that I have is, you know, this is maybe this sounds ridiculous. Is is the one that I'm working on because I'm really happy to be there. But there, there's. It would be hard to pick. I guess if I had to pick one, one, it would be uh, the. It, it's actually the relationship that I have with the producers that I'm working with on, on, on the shows, Ancient Aliens, Curse of Oak Island, and all the other documentaries that I've, that I've done for them. Because I've had this relationship with this one company for over 16 years now. And, uh, it's, and it started out so, I mean, just so out of the blue. It gets back to where uh, I talk about walking through the door that's open for you. I'd, I'd left an agency. I basically, they'd let me go, they, whatever, and I was, for the first time, without a voiceover agent. And I didn't panic. I thought, you know what? Maybe I don't know what it is. I think I know. So I contacted some casting people that I, that I trusted, took some classes, started to get a little uh, education about the business, put together a new demo, and got with my new agent. Well, when you get with a new agency, it's like moving to a new town in that mm -hmm. nobody knows who you are. It's right. wide open. You, you know, maybe the other agent or your neighbor said, oh, she's, she's crazy. Well, they don't know whether you're crazy in the new town. You have to become crazy. Then they, then they notice. Well, one of the things I wanted to do was narration. goes back to when I started reading all these books out loud. I thought right. I was pretty good at it. So I put together my own narration demo myself. I just, I wrote like a couple of stories. I found a couple of little snippets from books that I liked and I put this thing together it was just a few minutes and I gave it to the agent and they put it on their site well honestly I think it was maybe a couple of weeks after doing that I get a call from the agent and they say they're interested in hiring you for this documentary about the making of, of Star Wars it's going to be a two hour documentary it's going to be part of the re-release of the original trilogy and it's going to be the special DVD and I said great well, as an actor, I think it's important to ask why you get hired, because oftentimes we are wrong. We think right. it's this, and it's actually that. Right. So it's, it's, it's that question. I've always asked that question, why? So when I was started working on this thing, and it was a really beautiful, it ended up being nominated for, uh, for an Emmy. It's called uh, Star, uh, Star Wars uh, Empire, Empire of Dreams. Mm. And... I mean, George Lucas was was involved. He he had to approve me, and I asked them why they 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 hired me or how or how they got to hire me. And I, in, as my fantasy was, that the producer calls up the agent and the agent says, "Oh yeah, I've got this guy Robert Clower. He's fantastic. You know, you really should listen to him." Blah blah blah. No, what they did was they called the agent up. And they said, "We're looking for a narrator," and they said, "We'll go to our site and listen and listen to the narration demos." Well, I then. Did the same thing. I, I went to their site, and, and as you know, you go to whatever agency, and it'll be like commercial man. It'll be this huge long list, uh, or it'll be promo. It gets a little bit smaller. Animation gets a little bit smaller. 
when it got down to narration, I think there were five or six guys. Right. That was right. it. And it wasn't that nobody else could do it. Nobody else put together a demo. Absolutely. So they weren't in the running. And from that one job, I have done hundreds of hours of television with the same company since then. So if I were to pick wow. one job, it would have to be that, especially since the fellow that was the executive producer who just passed away last September, Aww. Kevin Burns, was such a great mentor. Um, it, he was oh. he had a brilliant mind. He actually won a student academy award when he was in college wow. for a documentary made about Barbara Streisand. So he had a little <laughs> mini Oscar. He was this. He and I were basically the same age. We were born a couple of months apart, so we watched the wow. same things on television. We had this great connection, and he would say to me, "He goes, Robert, I write these things, and let's say ancient aliens at the time, and I, I write it. And I think this is this is such crap, but then I would hear you say it, and I would think, maybe it is possible, because he he believed me. So so there was this wonderful trust where he wrote the scripts and. It, and his brilliant mind, and I was I was trusted to be that voice. I think is is the greatest working experience that that I've had because it, and it keeps going. I mean, our shows are, are are renewed. Curse of Oak Island is the number one show on on cable television Tuesday nights. We get three million people tuning in. Ancient Aliens just got picked up for another twenty episodes. So it's this this amazing uh, gift that that happened, and it came out of something just because I was a little bit proactive. Wow. Somebody else could have had all these jobs. But wow. just because I would, you know, stupid me, silly me, decided to do it on my own, put it out there. I didn't even have a professional do it. I edited it myself. Um, yeah. Now, as far as my my worst job, oh, I, 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 they're all pretty good. But this, this one jump, jumps to mind. I, I, I used to go back to, uh, to New York each, each summer. Uh, when, the, when they actually had television seasons here, when right, they actually right. take a break for a period of time. And my father had moved back to, uh, to Connecticut and he was working at, at uh, NBC in New York. So I had a place where I could kind of work from. And so I would audition for commercials or voiceover or whatever. And I remember doing this commercial. It was for Seal Test Ice Cream. And, uh, <laughs> you know, for whatever reason, I was a guy that was going to eat a lot of ice cream. And they, at the end of the day is when, okay, this is the ice cream shot. And usually they have a, you know, a bucket or something that you, you spit it out into. But they just kept the camera rolling and said, eat it, eat more, take another bite, take another bite, take another bite. And I kept shoveling this in and, and swallowing it. And I don't think I got really sick, but I know they turned me off from ice cream for probably two years. I, I, the, just the thought of putting another scoop of ice cream in my mouth was just no way. So that that was that was a uh, that was a that was a rough one, but yeah, it, it, I you, you learned <laughs> take little bites, right? Yeah, doing yeah. food commercials was was challenging for me because I, I was kind of a picky eater, and I remember I did one for um, V8 cocktail juice, oh, and I'm, yeah. I'm not a V8 kind of guy, and I had to be this. I was like a, I wore a Letterman jacket. And I had to like f slide into the shot, and there was this glass of V8. Like I was, like as thirsty as you could possibly be, and just oh, just down it. Like oh, that's good. It's it's oh. not 
and then walk out, and I was like, and you couldn't fake it. You couldn't just put it in your mouth and spit it out. You had to swallow. And I was thinking, gosh, I really hate the way this this tastes. And they were going, do you want it warmer? Will that help you? Do is it colder? I said, it doesn't matter. It just I'll get through it. <laughs> but yeah, so food food product commercials for a while were 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 tough. <laughs> it's funny because V eight, whether you like it or not, it doesn't. It's not a thirst quenching. Oh no, it's of, it's like yeah, you, you know, just sip it. It's whatever. It's <laughs> But it's it's like, oh, oh I remember having to go. I remember that, Robert. Huh? Yeah, it's funny. I did a McDonald's commercial when I was pregnant. I I I think I found out I was pregnant. Well, I guess I did know I was pregnant, but I wasn't showing. I never, you know, been pregnant before. Wasn't showing at all. And uh, I remember when they, I had my wardrobe fitting. They go, well, we could have sworn you were. You know, some it was just yeah, a since little. Since when did you get a forty-eight so waist? Anyway, yeah, yeah, just just a little. So I'm I'm sitting there, and and I'd done food commercials before, but a lot of times I don't think people realize they shoot them at night. Yeah. So they can keep the businesses open during the day. Yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. an all-nighter, and they paint the food, and yeah, that yeah, I just it was yeah, so yeah. nauseous, and I just remember thinking I was okay. I mean, yeah. it was like egg McMuffins or something, yeah. something good. But I just remember thinking, whoa, okay, yeah. just don't let yourself get, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it the food sits there for a long time. That's why they have to paint it. Because if you're yeah, going all yeah, night, and, keep it keep it looking fresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, and um, I want to say what I was curious what you thought the difference between on camera and voiceover acting was, or if you think there is a difference, like oh yeah, there there, there definitely there. is 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 a difference. Um, I think that voice acting is more akin to to working on a feature film, um, with with because it's it's basically degrees. Um, since you know if, if you're on a uh, working on a feature film, and you know that it's going to be shown on a big screen, you don't really need to do very much you can't you can't really push if you're if you're mugging and your eyebrow goes up your eyebrow on the screen may go up three feet i mean right. it's huge. <laughs> that's why uh you know with you'll you'll really great actors are just able to convey this truth just by their look it doesn't look like they're but there's something going on like working with with bradley cooper on uh, on american sniper He's a brilliant film actor. He's a great actor anyway, but he's a great film actor. And the scene that I was in with him was Clint's favorite scene in the movie. And people talk about how great he was in that scene. He really had very little to say. I think he like grunted a couple of times, had a few little lines, but he just had something in his eyes. And people talk about how amazing it was. Well, I had the best seat in the house because I was literally two feet away from him while we were doing it. And I could tell that that Bradley Cooper had disappeared. It was Chris Kyle. He was there, even with, with, those, with those eyes. So when you talk about the degrees, he gave, it appeared like he was, he was giving nothing, but for film, he was giving exactly the right amount because he knew the, that the camera was going to be able to catch on all the nuances, even if, if it's just his his iris is is fluctuating. They could see that. Right now, you know, you go from that to working on a stage where you've got to be able to have that emotion and be able to convey that to the back row. That's really big. Right. So 
somewhere within the middle there. Uh, I think I think that even on the other side of film acting is where the voiceover acting comes in, because you you really have to trust the mic. You don't have your face, your eyes, anything else to rely on. So it's all acting, but you have to really be, you really have to be able to control it. Because if, if you let it out too big in, in voiceover, everybody's like, no, 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 it's, it's too much for us. It, it's, it's too intense. You gotta be able to trust that truth is gonna come out with just a very little little effort. But the strength comes from the truth. So, yes, it's it's the same, but it's different by degrees. Well, and don't you think, too, that voiceover, like in film, you're not going to be as physical because, like you said, the eyebrow yeah. go up. So yeah. in voiceover, the, the truth has to be coming from a real place, mm-hmm. but it can, you can lose some of that by being uptight. So yeah. it's like it's okay as to move around a little bit to yeah. you talk with your hands if you talk with your hands yeah, that, if that and and i think and and sometimes when people hear we don't want any actors less less yeah. they take everything out of it yeah. and it's like no actually animation at especially animation but voice of actors tend to be more animated physically right right than a film actor would be oh yeah it's still coming from a real place right Emotionally, with in the, at the studio that uh, that I work in, where I do the shows, we've we've worked with many different microphones, and now we have a setup where we actually have three microphones working at the same time. Wow! We not only do we have a uh, a four sixteen, which is you know standard for every, everybody. He's got a uh, a thing called a God. It was it's a, a, a there's two Neumanns. There's like the the U a U eighty nine, not a U eighty seven, a U eighty nine. Okay. There's also one that's I think it's called an N one. That he was able to find, which is this digital mic that is freaking beautiful, and it's got—I think it's got like 16 or 18 polar patterns. And because he wow. did that, because with the 416, which is what this is, you don't—you can't really move around very much. You're off axis. By using all the mic, all these microphones, it allows me to be a little bit more physical because I'm—I like to be physical in the movement. If if I'm talking to somebody in, in, in the session, let's say, uh, you know, w- w- when I'm recording uh, the, one of the shows, I'm, I'm, people often say, wow, you know, they meet me at a convention, they go, you don't sound like, like you. And I go, well, come here. And I, and I get them this close to me, and then I do it, and they go, oh, yeah, why is that? I said, because that's where you are. That's how I'm trying to talk to you. I'm, I'm just this far away from your ear. Right. I'm, tr- that's, I'm, I'm telling you this. It's just between you and I. And mm-hmm. so we've we've ad- we've created this environment that allows me to do that. A lot of studios aren't able to do that, but in this case, since we work all the time, we're constantly trying to make it better. But yeah, it's that's that's voice actors do tend to use their bodies more because well, nobody's seeing it, you know. You right. know why not? Why not right. point if you're going? And I want you out of here, <laughs> right? Right, because you're creating this audio world, and so you're not yeah. pushing your voice. And that audience choice is so important because the mic is the audience. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, you know, if you're intimate or if you're, um, you know, across the room, if you're across the, you know, uh, stadium, mm-hmm. they can adjust your levels, but you need to know who you're talking to and, and where that audience is. And it can be yourself too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but you, but I think it, 
it's like making a strong choice, motivation. If mm-hmm. you are uh, not specific with your choice, then we're going to hear it. If you're yeah. very general, you know, yeah. because oh, yeah. most people that do voiceover honestly just sound like they're reading. I've directed voiceover yeah. sessions, and it's amazing how many of the top people, you know, top people in this business, and they come in and but da 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 da, you know, and they don't hear the other person. Yeah. So, you know, just feeling free to do it the way you would do it and read it and pause. And even if there's punctuation there, sometimes can be a fresh way, especially in an audition. When you get the job, you're following a director, all that. So, yeah. yeah. Dave Fennoy had a great quote. He says, the the script is there just to remind you of what it is you need to say. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's like, oh, that's just like if you wrote it on just, it's just a couple of notes. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to talk about this. So, you know, take, take away the importance of that script and make it more you're just trying to communicate a little bit yeah yeah that's great all right so um robert i just want to thank you so much for being here today it was i mean i'm gonna say we we need to do this more often as far as to see each other i mean because of this year um i saw some friends last night for the Mm -hmm. got my vaccination we were still socially distanced but um and there were just four of us but we, you know, you say to everyone, I know it's been a year because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we just haven't seen people. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's lovely to talk to you, catch up and anything else that you have coming up. I know you've done some video games as well, and that's a whole nother medium. But yeah, the, the, the only other thing I wanted I wanted to throw in was not necessarily uh, about voiceover, but I've, I've gotten involved with a, with a group of people and we're putting together a... Um, how would you describe this? It's a, it's like a web platform, but it's it's dedicated to uh, video gamers, and it's a local uh, local video gaming um, uh, connections that people are going to have. And we're doing now actually an alpha test in the San Fernando Valley in January. And the part that I'm involved with is, you know, we're going to be doing tournaments and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that we're doing is a thing called Vent, where we're trying to give back because there's a lot of people that are suffering a lot of gamers that are suffering uh in the in the industry from isolation or depression or whatever the heck it is and so we've put together this 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 uh aspect of this thing we're putting together which is called richie knows which is called vent which is basically a community-driven mental health solutions where i will be kind of a, a moderator on some of these things i'll be introducing people that have had uh, experiences with with dealing with with mental illness or mental issues in the past, asking them how they've dealt with it. Bring on some some experts. It'll be an opportunity where people in the gaming community will be able to listen in, will be able to add to, um, and it's it's. I think it's something that's really exciting because if we're if we're able to make this work, then we're going to be able to do this in in different cities all all across the country. So instead of it just being, you know. Uh, and, it, you know, when you play a, a video game online, you're playing somebody in Paris. No, there, there are going to be events and there are going to be things that are going to be happening locally where you can meet other people locally, uh, get you kind of out of your house a little bit, uh, be around like-minded people, tell you that, you know, it's okay to, to feel how you're feeling and let's let's talk about it. So that's something that, that we're working on and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about being a part of it because, you know, I've... I've been involved with the gaming community 
I've uh, met a lot of a lot of them, and I've heard from them a lot of the challenges that they that they face uh, on a day to day basis, and nobody really addresses it. And so we're we're kind of trying to step in to to do this, and it's not a you know thing where we're going to make make money off of this. This is something completely altruistic, and it's something that we want to share and give back. So that's something that's happening when it when it goes. I'll let you know uh, so that people can can check it out, you know, see, see what it is. Absolutely. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Uh, just fabulous that because it, that's something I think it's so much in the forefront of our minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I could see where that, you know, a lot of people have found some solace in it, but challenges mm-hmm. in it at the same time. And um, it's great to address. I love too that you know when you can find like-minded people in something that's yeah and, we, and we've got some yourself. some exciting people that are partnering with us Google Health uh, NAMI which is a, a mental health organization that's a, across the country um, uh, we've got a lot of people that are looking at us and and thinking this is something that could really help a lot of people um, and the people that I'm working with are really top-notch producers who have been incredibly successful in all aspects of the business and film, television, you name it. And we're, so we're all coming together uh, to put this, put this thing together that hopefully will not only be, be successful, but it will help a lot of people. And um, in fact, I've got a, got a meeting with, with people at, at this uh, group called NAMI, uh, you know, at the top of the hour where we're going to be speaking with them. So it's, it's, it's exciting. It's yeah. very exciting. And it's, Smart tech, you know. It yeah, really and, it's, and it's nice to it's nice to give back because right. I mean we've all got a little bit of a taste of what it is to be to be isolated and to feel alone this last year and a half, and for a lot of people it's you know magnify that by however many you want to magnify it by. They're really, you know, I, I every once in a while will get. I got a uh, I'm on this on Cameo, uh, which is a platform where people can ask for you know video shout outs and usually it's you know tell my cousin Jeff happy birthday, that kind of stuff. Right. But just a couple of weeks ago, I had a gamer who reach out, reached out to me who was a fan of StarCraft, and he said, I'm dealing with depression. He goes, it seems like it's getting right. worse. How do you deal with it? Can you give me any advice? That's great. And so I know that yeah. there are people out there. For every one person that reaches out to me, there's probably 10,000 that don't know where to go. Um, you know, right. maybe they're and, isolated and the from their families. You know, their families don't understand yeah. them. Uh, it's 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 complicated. Mm-hmm. And, and most people just need to know wonderful. that they're not alone. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful yeah. that he was able to reach out. Okay, we were going to end this, but I do have to ask you this because video yeah. games is such is a specific part of voiceover. What would you say with because you have a few characters out there with video (laughs) games that uh, (laughs) to say you're very humble but um what would you say is again an adjustment for video games going into that field because a lot Uh, of gamers are interested in that yeah one thing a you need to have goes back to it you really need to have your acting chops you really need to be open and uh not in any way have any kind of creative blocks because when you go in to do these sessions oftentimes they are throwing all kinds of crazy ideas at you they're saying okay we need you to be the voice of this you know this whatever that this plant that comes out and and attacks somebody how do you do that 
And they may say, can you give me more, I don't know, I, I wanted to be more of a, of a succulent as opposed to a flower. Can you do that? Okay, you got to understand what that means. You, and you just got to be able to throw it out there and embarrass yourself. You may find something that uh, you never knew existed. Um, but the number one thing is you really need to be a good actor. That's critical because, you know, with fortunately with, uh, like, for example, with StarCraft, this, this was a great character. I played Jim Rayner for, kind of goodness, like 15 years we, we did that, I think five or six different games. And there was this incredible character arc that, had to, uh, that he had to go through. So as an actor, it was incredibly gratifying. And I remember going in the first time I had a session with with Andre Romano, who is, I'm sure you know who Andre was, or is, yeah. one of the best uh, voiceover directors ever. And I said to her, just, I said, Andre, keep me honest. That's the most important right. thing. And they'll, they may, they, you don't get to see the script in advance. I mean, the script for that, for that game was probably uh, thousands of pages. They just hand you this stuff. You're doing it by yourself. Nobody's there in the studio with you. You're not reacting off of anybody. Right. Maybe, they, maybe they've recorded another actor before and they can play a little bit back of what they did and you can kind of have something to work with, but forget being this organic thing where you're working with another actor and trying to figure out the scene together. That's right. rare. So you've got to be able to make adjustments really fast. And, and plus they want you to do it generally each line like three different ways. Yeah. Give me this, yeah. give me that, give me that. And you go, okay, how do, you know, if it, it could, the, and the line could be something simple like happy birthday. Okay. Or is it, or are, are we at a party? Am I really saying happy birthday? Or am I, am I about to shoot the guy and I'm saying happy birthday? Like, screw you. What, mm -hmm. uh, is it a question? What is it? So <laughs> you've got to be able to look at that, make these crazy choices, and maybe those three choices you made are not what they're looking for, and then the director throws you a fourth choice, and you got to go, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you got you got to get your rest the night before. Because yeah, you know I was... that you're going to be playing a, a very <laughs> quick tennis match. <laughs> you got to be I able to hit say, the The energy level yeah. for video games is, is really yeah. different, I think. Yeah, that's why the yeah. sessions go for, you know, three or four hours. That's about it, because after that, you're you're pretty burnt. Yeah, yeah. Your voice and your being. But it's it's fun, high energy, and you really, yeah, yeah. And even, even, well, when, it's, even when it's emotional, you got to be able to just be there. you got to go there. You may, the line before, you may be, you know, high as a kite. The next line, you're, it's the last thing you're going to say before you die. So mm -hmm. you've got to be able to make this transition like that. Nobody's going to say, listen, take 30 minutes and get emotionally together for this next line. They don't have the time for that. Well, or even like, you know, on camera, they'll be adjusting lights in a different scene. And yeah. so maybe you go sit down and you learn how to relax or get something to drink or makeup comes and does something. If you're on, if you do three hours, you're mm -hmm. on. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's... Yeah, they'll, they'll take a five-minute break every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Or they'll, mm -hmm. if you need it, they'll, they'll do it. But as long as you're getting the work done. Yeah. I remember yeah. showing up so to, to, to one of the sessions, and usually they give you a, a, line, uh, a line count. You know, how many lines are you doing today? Okay, it'll be 100, 75, 60, whatever that it is. I remember showing up to these sessions, the line count, it, all they said was a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> we don't know. We have a lot to do. <laughs> Okay. All right. 
Well, and just voiceover in general, I, I think people, when I say, you know, keep your chops up, the doing of it is, um, I've had 64 pages, you know, yeah, yeah. you get, you've auditioned, you got the job and they say, hi, how are you? Uh, get your levels and you go and, yeah. uh, you, you just go, you don't read yeah. it over. A lot of yeah. it is very yeah. cold yeah. when you've got a really yeah. long, yeah, long one. So anyway, thank okay. you so much, Robert, for this time together. And uh, I really, um, best of luck in everything. And also in this new endeavor yeah. um, of giving back. It sounds wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kathy. Uh, this, was, this was a real pleasure. Look forward to, uh, to seeing you in the flesh. Yeah, a hugger, right. I'm a hugger too. Thanks. We'll give each other a hug when we see each other. <laughs> Thanksgiving 2021, maybe. There you go. All right. <laughs> We've had hug Thanksgiving, but no, That's hopefully right. before that yes. on a job. You, okay. There you Thanks, go. Robert. There you go. All right, Kathy. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for spending time with us at In My Voice. Stay tuned for our next edition coming soon. And remember, use your voice to uplift entertain, and enlighten. Bye. In My Voice is a production of Word Merchants Media and is co-produced by Greg Perkins and Kathy Grable. Engineered and mixed by Alex Bogdasarian. And I'm Brent Huff, your announcer. For more information on this podcast, our scripted podcast, ebooks, private voice coaching, and more, visit kathygrablestudios.com. Bye for now.